Hey guys, so I actually was doing some research yesterday, and when I was listening to this YouTube channel called Scary Interesting, he talks a lot about different disasters that have happened, or like accidents, or spe specifically the ones that I really, really have liked to listen to are the ones that are on mountain climbing disasters. And there was this one case, it's the first one in his latest video, where there was a guy, it was two guys, they were climbing a mountain and an avalanche hit them. And the avalanche blew both of them away, you know, knocked them down the mountain quite a bit. And one of the guys, he woke up hours later after getting bumped around by the avalanche. He had a broken arm, many missing teeth. Uh, his back was broken in two places, and he, so he was pretty dinged up. He couldn't find where his other friend had gone, and, you know, he was in massive amounts of pain, and he didn't even, at first, realize where he was. He thought he was on some other mountain, it was some other date, and then he started to collect himself. And he realized, like, what happened, and he realized he had to get himself out of there. And he experienced what was described as an external presence that was actually encouraging him to keep going and kind of telling him what to do. He even got the idea of using the blood from his broken arm to make little arrows in the snow. So if rescuers were going on the mountain later on and they were trying to find him, they could like follow these arrows to eventually where he was going. And this voice that seemed external to him was telling him, you know, keep going, go this way, let's go down the mountain, let's hike our way down there so we can get back to base camp and get some help. And it's called the, if I pull up my Google here, the third man factor or third man syndrome. It re refers to the reported situations where an unseen presence such as a spirit provides comfort or support during traumatic experiences. So if we look at these at this kind of thing from a psychological model, this speaks to the brain's capability to produce an externally feel feeling, an external feeling or an external sense of a voice that communicates with the main consciousness of the body. And this can happen in like traumatic situations. I'm sure any of us have heard of different things where like when they're going through a really hard time, like, you know, an accident is a disaster or some like true crime thing where they hear this voice of keep going, you can make it, yada, 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 things like that. So this speaks to the brain having this mechanism of being able to speak to itself in a way that sensationally feels external. So it's not. I'm making my own thoughts and I'm saying, yo, I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. I should do this next. I should do that next. It's not this self-talk, but it's this externally experienced conversation or coaching that some people in some instances may say that was God talking to me, or I had a guardian angel or something like that. Now, if I look at the Wikipedia page, Sir Ernest Shackleton, in his 1919 book, South, described his belief that an incorporeal companion joined him and his men during the final leg of their Antarctic journey. Shackleton wrote, during that long and racking march 
of 36 hours of the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that there were four, not three. His admission resulted in other survivors of extreme hardship coming forward and sharing similar experiences. So what what does this have to do with tulpamancy? Well, this gives advocacy to the idea that the brain has this ability to externalize uh, a an experience or an experience of an external voice that can talk to the main person. Now, we know that like, DID often happens or does happen, I should say. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm trying to, you know, get around the terminology and everything here. Where DID comes from trauma, where you can have the brain separate itself into these different compartmentalized personalities and such. And they can be very distinct with one another, having different mannerisms and characteristics and, and different thing, different things like that. So we know that the brain is capable of doing that. But when we're talking about endogenic plurality, such as tulpamancy, it in a way uses the same mechanism as this, quote, third man factor. But it's something that we intentionally form. We intentionally activate the brain's capability of doing this rather than the brain pretty much figuring it out on its own without the happenstance of a traumatic experience. Like we don't have to get knocked down a mountain in order to create a tulpa. We set our minds to creating this thought form, tulpa, what have you, pick your term, through our, uh, through our dedicated practice of talking at something and then as we continue with this, we're building that schema of that tulpa and we are building the conscious to subconscious chit chat that then takes over automatically with responses and continues to gather more and more neuron connections and more ideas. And then it begins to run on its own and voila, we have a tulpa. So the third man factor really speaks to this idea that the brain is capable of doing this kind of thing, which doesn't exactly make that person crazy, does it? Because it's not like the third man factor then just continues to happen and go on after that person is out of that traumatic situation. But I wonder if that's actually happened where they kind of where this third man factor continued on afterwards, because it doesn't really say that in the Wikipedia page. But I mean, if it were, then it would probably develop itself into a fully fledged tulpa, that kind of thing. Um, it's very interesting that in the on the Wikipedia page with uh, Sir Ernest Shackleton, it was almost as if it was also imposed visually with there being, you know, that, that it seemed to me often that there were four, not three. Now, it doesn't exactly say whether or not he pictured a fourth person, or if it's just that presence of a fourth person was more or less sensed because of this, the disorientation and the experience of having a, quote, fourth person there to coach this person on and move them on towards survival. But this was just such a random find that I happened to listen to in that scary, interesting episode. And I was like, you know, I could 
totally relate to this, and this is applicable to tulpamancy and the brain's ability to create such a phenomenon. So I just, this psychology and everything of it, aside from the fact that my bachelor's is in psych, it's just, it satiates my curiosity. And it's another one of those things about that just gives efficacy to the brain's ability to do this, the brain's plasticity and able being able to wrap around the idea of it being able to run not only your consciousness at, at one time, but sense that, quote, other, which we hijack this and then make a tulpa from it. Fascinating stuff.